Hi, I'm Terry, and this is the Life Bite Podcast. I'm going to be talking all things intuitive eating, body positivity, and health at every size, and shaking off weight stigma, diet culture, and food rules so that we can all have a better relationship with food and our bodies. Hello, how are you? How's your week been? It's it's flown by. It's flown by. It feels like two minutes since I put the first episode up. And here I am recording for episode two. That's exciting. Yeah, how's your week been? Has it been good? I have had a pretty average week. I've been to work, done the normal day-to-day stuff. I wasn't feeling great the couple of weeks leading up to this week so I feel a bit better now. I feel energised and like I can actually get some stuff done so that's great. It's horrible isn't it when you've had a bit of a lull, you've not felt yourself really and yeah it's good to good to be active. There may be some noise in the background today. One of the cats is mutching around the bedroom trying to make herself comfy somewhere. I'll put a couple of photos on the Facebook group and then you'll see who I'm talking about when I'm talking about Tilly and Mabel. My cats, they're cute, they're good, but they do make a bit of a noise when you're trying to get stuff done. So it's bank holiday weekend, no major plans. We're still in COVID times, aren't we? So yeah, not making any major plans, just pottering around, getting some stuff done, just tidying up and normal stuff you do on a lazy bank holiday. So did you listen last week? Did you listen to episode one? I know some people did, which is amazing. And thank you for everybody who's sent me messages and commented on social media about how much they enjoyed it and how helpful it was as a first episode. I'm really pleased. I'm really, really glad that you feel like that. I think it set the tone to start the whole podcast with some information on how diet culture is all around us and help you to spot it kind of underpins it thank you thank you for all the positive feedback and yeah it can only get better hey practice makes perfect and all that practice will never make perfect just to make you aware of that there are still going to be blunders for quite some time yet but it's good fun trying hey it's blooming cold today i'm sat here and my hands are freezing How mad is that? It goes from lovely sunny weather to freezing cold and raining. How are you supposed to plan anything, huh? It's meant that we've had a real mixed bag of food this week because you know what it's like. When it's freezing cold outside, you don't really want a salad. When it's boiling hot outside, you don't really want something like a casserole. Do you know what I mean? It's funny, isn't it, how we eat according to the weather? Eat according to what's going on temperature-wise outside. We had a couple of barbecues last weekend. A couple of barbecues. Two. One on the Saturday, one on the Sunday. Check us out. It was only because we had the first one on the Saturday and then the day after we still had food left over. So we decided just to heat the barbecue up again and cook off what was left it was good it's really good oh god except oh listen to this do you want to hear an embarrassing moment 
So there are four of us in my house. There's myself, my husband and our two children who are not children anymore. So the oldest has her friends around every now and again. She said, could she bring a couple of friends over into the garden to have some drinks before they went into town? I was like, yeah, fine, because we have them over um, well, not in COVID times, but her friends are welcome in our house. So they were outside having some drinks and one by one they were like, can I just go and use your toilet, please? Can I go use your toilet, please? Can I go and use your toilet, please? And then one lad goes, oh, sorry, can I go and use your toilet now? And do you want to know what I did? I put my hand out and I said... That'll be a fiver, please. For the love of God, who says that? Who says that? What a mum thing to say. I mean, how embarrassing is that? Who says something like that? We're not those kind of parents. We get on really well with her friends. Maybe not anymore. (laughs) I just made a joke. I was like, sorry, sorry. I know that was a mum thing to say. So yes, please through there, up the stairs, to the left. God, how embarrassing. Mortified. He's going to be like, do you know what her mum said to me? And she said, stupid. Do you ever do that? Open your mouth before you even think about what you say. Anyway, yeah, lots of barbecues coming up in summer. Now the weather's getting warmer. Well, we're still in spring at the time of recording. Yeah, lots of barbecues coming up. I love barbecues in the summer. It's so nice, isn't it? There's something special about a barbecue. Uh, I don't know about you, but we like a proper charcoal barbecue. We we don't have a gas one. I can appreciate the benefits to a gas barbecue, but I... No, I'm all about the charcoal. I like the flavour of it. I like the smell of it. I like a proper charcoal barbecue. But here's a question for you. Me and a friend were having this conversation last week. Why is it when you have a barbecue, you eat all the food in all the land? And then when you're just having a normal meal inside the house, for example, you would serve up a plate of food and that would do you. So when you have, say you have fish and chips, you'll have your piece of fish, you'll have your chips on the plate, you'll have whatever side you're going to have. Maybe you're going to have peas. Are you going to have veg? Are you going to have baked beans? You have whatever's on your plate and afterwards you're satisfied and you're like, yes, that was, that was good. I enjoyed that. I am done eating now, thank you. When you're having a barbecue, you're like, I'll have a sausage. I'll have a burger. I'll have a kebab. Oh, and I'll have some of the, the nice grilled halloumi. And I'll have another sausage. There's another burger going, yeah, I'll have the burger. Oh, I'll have some potato salad. I'll have some of that. Mm -hmm. I'll have some sweet corn. That's on the go too. Do you know what I mean? You end up eating way more. Way, way more. And there are probably a lot more reasons behind that than I am aware of. But I do know that there there is a thing called... Sensory specific satiety and basically it's the buffet effect because the same thing happens when you go to a buffet, isn't it? You go to the table, you walk along, 
and you have some sandwiches and there's a bit of French stick with some cheese on and you'll have some crisps and some sausage rolls and some coleslaw. Then you finish what you've got on the plate and you go back for seconds. Great. And then you'll have a pick at that and you'll have a bit of that and you'll have a bit of something else. And it's because your brain doesn't really catch up to the fact that you've had enough of any one type of food. So let's go back to the plate of fish and chips. You'll have enough fish for you to feel satisfied of the amount of fish that you've eaten. And you'll have enough chips that you will be happy with the amount of chips that you've had. But when you're having things on a buffet, you might have a little cocktail sausage roll, a little cocktail sausage. And then you might switch and have a mini roll. And then you might switch and you'll have something else, you know? And the taste is always changing and the flavour is always changing in your mouth. And sensory-specific satiety is all about giving yourself the chance to feel satisfied with what you've eaten. So the same thing must happen on a barbecue. Because you'll have a sausage or a burger or whatever you choose to eat. And then you'll have something of something else. And then you'll graze at something else. Now, I haven't done the right thing and researched this. But I am sure that's the reason behind it. I'm going to find out and I'm going to let you know next week. That was just my thoughts while I was sat talking to you about having a barbecue last weekend. But it's interesting, isn't it? I'll let you know. I'll come back to you on that one. Whatever the reason, I think, though, we always end up eating more at a barbecue, don't we? And then if you're on a diet, afterwards comes the negative feelings, the guilt, the wishing you hadn't eaten it all, the thinking about what you're going to eat tomorrow to make up for that. And so I think going into this summer that we should make a pledge between us to be more compassionate with ourselves around events like this, because barbecues are an event, aren't they? They are something that you make a real thing of. I don't really know anybody that fires up the barbecue to cook two sausages and then that's it, done. It's always much more than that, isn't it? You go shopping and you buy all of the food and you buy things that you wouldn't normally buy, maybe. And maybe you make it a bit of a family affair. It's a social occasion. Maybe you've got friends over and you'll be having a lovely time because the sun is out and you can sit and eat in the garden, that sort of thing. So why do we then automatically afterwards feel guilty for that? It's not like we do it every day. We don't eat that volume of food consistently. And if we did, the novelty would probably soon wear off. And we wouldn't enjoy it anymore. And then another meal, another type of meal would become the meal that we celebrate and we enjoy as much as we currently enjoy a barbecue. But even if we did, there is nothing wrong with eating the amount of food that satisfies you. There is nothing wrong with eating as much food as you want to eat at a barbecue. If it makes you satisfied 
and you haven't restricted, that's perfect. That's all I would ask of somebody. Because it's easy, isn't it, to turn these things into a diet-friendly version, for example. You might get a coleslaw, but you might get a super low-fat version. Or you might make a coleslaw because your slimming club tells you that if you chop up this veg and you put this in it instead, it's way better than the supermarket version, isn't it? Oh God, what diet coleslaw has ever hit the spot like a decent coleslaw? Because it's always made, isn't it, with, I don't know, low-fat yoghurt awesome you can make some really good homemade coleslaws and if you have a spoon or two maybe enough because it tastes so good yet because you make the diet coleslaw and you put that on your plate you feel like you have to have more of it and it doesn't hit the spot or you have sausages so for a sausage to taste really really good And we know this from experience because my husband has tried making sausages that are super diet friendly. For a sausage to taste really good, it's got to have a level of fat in it. It's got to have some other stuff in it that makes it the consistency of a decent sausage that holds the flavour, that holds the moisture. We have tried recreating, well I say we, my husband has tried recreating a version of a Slimming Club sausage. And let me tell you, it was not good. Dry, dry, dry. Oh God, it was not good. Now, can you imagine putting that on a barbecue? Who's going to be satisfied with that? This horrible, dry sausage, not in a roll because obviously diets, diet clubs say you, you don't have rolls because, you know, they're fattening and stuff which they are not, just to clarify. And you have it on the side of a plate of salad. That's not a barbecue in my book. What I want is a juicy sausage that's been grilled perfectly on the barbecue. I want that in a bread roll. I want some fried onions. I want some sauce of some kind. And I'm going to have that with some decent coleslaw and some other stuff going on. Now, those things might not be your cup of tea, but you get the picture, right? You can see the difference in those two plates. Now, I would rather have the second plate, the plate that is not diet club friendly, and feel happy that I had had some good quality food, that I'd enjoyed my meal, that I'd enjoyed the event. I would rather have that than have the plate where I've tried to scrape everything back to diet club standards where it's all that I've thought of while I've been eating, while I've not enjoyed the same foods as everybody else at the table, I know that if I ate that plate of food, later on, I'd be binging. Later on, I would be rummaging through the cupboards for something to satisfy what I was missing from earlier. This is the binge restrict cycle. So this feels like a good time to discuss this a little bit. When you restrict foods, it just creates this effect in the brain that makes you want more. So if you said to yourself, you were never going to eat chocolate again, all you would think of is chocolate. If I told you, don't think of a blue elephant, what have you just thought of? Nope, don't think of the blue elephant. Don't think of it. Stop. 
still there, right? Because you're being told or you're telling yourself, nope, don't eat it. No, don't eat it. No, don't eat it. All you're going to want to do is eat it. And then what happens is you finally give in. You give yourself permission to eat it or not permission. You just cave and you go get the chocolate and then you end up eating more chocolate. Because you've restricted, you then eat more of it. And then, because you feel bad about the chocolate that you've eaten, you then cut back, you restrict again. So you say, right, that's it, I'm not eating chocolate now for the next however long. And then you're back to the beginning, where you're thinking about the chocolate, and you want the chocolate, and then you end up having the chocolate, you eat more of the chocolate, you restrict the chocolate because you've eaten too much chocolate. Do you see what I mean? That's the binge restrict cycle. And that happens with any form of restriction. So whatever it is you choose to cut out because you think that it is going to make you put on weight or you think that you will be healthier without it, that's just causing restriction. And that's ultimately going to backfire and come swinging back the other way. So here's how you deal with it. Let's go back to the barbecue. We've gone away from the barbecue a bit, haven't we? Who puts chocolate on a barbecue? Anyway, this is how you deal with that whole restriction thing. Instead of taking things away, you add things. Sounds crazy, but hear me out, because this is actually very effective. Instead of taking out the sausages that you really like, taking out the bread roll that you really enjoy, you still have that, but you increase the amount of, say, more nutritious foods that you would have. You allow yourself the hot dog or you allow yourself the burger and maybe you'll add some sweet corn. Do you like corn on the cob? I love corn on the cob off a barbecue, but that's a very nutritious food to have. So you'll have your burger, you'll have your your hot dog and you'll have a corn on the cob. Maybe you'll have some of the side salad that's laid out for everybody. Maybe you'll have a kebab off the barbecue. Maybe it's a veggie one. Maybe it's a chicken with peppers and mushrooms and onions and stuff. And you see, by the time you've actually looked at your whole plate, you don't just have a hot dog. You have a really nice balanced plate of food. You have a hot dog. You have some vegetables. You've got your carbohydrates, your protein, some fats, You've got plenty of vitamins and minerals all on the same plate. There's nothing to feel guilty about. And it doesn't matter whether you eat 20 hot dogs or one hot dog. If that's what you want, it's going to be better for you to go ahead and give yourself permission to eat it than to cope with the consequences of that restriction later on. But Terry, what if there's no vegetables at the barbecue? It's fine. Don't panic. You have the food that you want to eat at the barbecue. You have as much of it as you want to have. Later on, maybe you'll balance it out over time with some more nutritious meals elsewhere in your days, weeks, months. Because that's the other thing. You don't need to restrict the day after. Lots of people, myself included, think that if you have what's thought of as a bad food day then you need to make up for it in the next day. And you do not, because one day is not going to make or break your health. 
what happens over weeks, months and years will have the impact on your overall health. So go to that barbecue, fill your boots, have the food that you want to have and know that overall your diet is good. And that meal that you're having, that time that you're having with friends, with family, sat in the sun on your own if you want to, that moment is way more important than considering what is on your plate. Nutrition does not have to be the focus of every meal. It's good once you are out of diet culture, once you are on the straight and narrow and on your way to understanding what food your body needs it's good to have an understanding of nutrition and of more nutritious foods and how they feel in your body but hey this is a long path that a lot of us have to walk and it takes a long time to just get your head out of the dieting game and that's way more important than considering the nutrition these meals can be quite guilt inducing though So I have a tip for you to help you feel like you're more in control and like you haven't just had this massive splurge and eaten all the food that you can see in front of you. So the key here is to be more aware of what you're eating. And what that means is giving your meal some attention. Because quite honestly... Sometimes when we eat, you blink and it's gone. I was eating an ice cream the other night and I was doing other things at the same time and I was like, oh, finished it. Oh, that's sad. And I hadn't paid attention to the fact that I'd eaten it. I hadn't appreciated it. I hadn't really tasted it. I hadn't enjoyed it that much because my focus was elsewhere. So if you can, set the scene, sit with your plate of food, a knife and fork, if your meal needs a knife and fork, and have a nice glass of water or whatever you're drinking with you, and pay attention to the food that you're eating. Enjoy the flavours, enjoy the textures, and how does it taste? How does it feel in your mouth? Is it too hot? Is it too cold? Is it just right? Anybody else thinking of Goldilocks there? But you get the picture. Really appreciate how it is to be eating that food. Are you even enjoying it? Because if you're not enjoying it, maybe you stop eating that food and you move on to something else on your plate. There's nothing wrong with leaving food on your plate if you're not enjoying it. So if you want to keep eating, keep eating. If you're enjoying it, if you're loving every mouthful, keep going. If you're not enjoying it though, take a step back from it. Move on, have something else. I know that sounds very privileged, I appreciate that not everybody is able to do that. We're talking in an ideal world here. And even if that means moving on to something else on your plate, not necessarily, I don't mean binning a whole meal. If that just means, let's go back to the barbecue, maybe you're not really enjoying that sausage. So you'll have the burger instead. And you'll just leave the sausage there. Maybe you'll fancy it again later. 
maybe you won't. But it's all about enjoying and savouring the food that you eat. And this isn't about restriction. It's not about saying you need to stop eating. But there is a lot to be said for, actually, when you've had enough, you've just had enough. And that's fine. Part of the problem is that we live with this mentality, a diet mentality again, of, but if I don't eat it all now, maybe I'll never have a barbecue ever again, as long as I live. That's the mentality that I used to have all the time. Chocolate, sweets, cakes in the office. If I don't have one now, I'll never have one again. That's how it felt in my head. But do you know what? It's all right. If it's not an enjoyable thing to eat at that time, that's fine. You'll have it another time. The same goes with whether you're full or not. So every 10 minutes or so, maybe, as you're eating, stop and think, hmm, how hungry am I now? Am I full? Am I comfortable? Am I still hungry? And again, it's not about saying you have to stop. It's not about saying you're full, you have to stop. Because that's not the case. If you're enjoying it, nobody says that you should stop. But if you are satisfied and you've had enough food and you're not hungry anymore and you're not overly full, you're comfortably full, then maybe that's a good time to stop. It's for you to judge it as you're eating. It's for you to see how that food feels as you're eating it and how your body feels as you're eating it. We'll come back to this. I'll go over this again, I'm sure, in other situations but the overriding message is to start feeling how food feels as you're eating it and as you continue to eat it so that you can decide when it feels like the right time to stop eating and you can decide what food you really want to eat and what you don't want to eat. When you start out on a path of trying to eat more intuitively, it's really quite difficult. And this might not be an easy thing to do to start with because we have diet thoughts ingrained in us so heavily. We've been told for such a long time how to eat, how much to eat, when to eat, when to stop eating. So it can take quite a while to get out of that and to find your own way to eat And that's fine because it's not a race. It's not a race. There's no timeline on this. There's no deadline on this. Just take it at your own pace. But start start listening in when you're eating and and it will all help set you on the right path. Let's get rid of those diet rules, huh? Right, this week I'm starting a new feature for this podcast. This is the great food debate. I feel like that needs a fanfare or some music of its own or something. But yes, the great food debate. And this came about because we were talking in the office. We always talk about food in the office. Every day we talk about food in the office. We love food. And... One day, somebody was saying that they were having beans on toast for dinner that night. Who, well, I won't say who doesn't love beans on toast, but if you like beans on toast, can you appreciate how good it is just to have it as a meal? 
I think it used to be one of those things when I was growing up that we would have for Sunday night tea because we'd had a big roast dinner at lunchtime. And it was quick and easy when we were getting ready to go to school the next day and stuff. So I've got quite fond memories attached to beans on toast. So anyway, we were talking about it and it ended up being this great big conversation because everybody in the office has it a different way. Now, when I brought this comment home and we were talking about it at home, the response was, well, how many ways can there be to have beans on toast? Exactly. How many ways? Right, here's what happened in the office. So we had somebody who has the beans on a square of toast and then the other piece of toast, because they have two pieces of toast, the other piece of toast was cut in half so that it was two rectangles and they were placed one at the top of the square of toast and one at the side of the square of toast. Now, in my head, that's just not right because you'd have the piece of toast in the middle and you'd have a piece of toast either side. But no, he has the square of toast and then one to the side and one to the top. Who's with me? Does that sound weird already? And then my thoughts on that are, Oh God, I can't have beans on the toast like that all the time because I cannot bear soggy bread. So to have those beans on that main piece of toast by the end of that meal, mm -mm, I'm not finishing it because that bread's going to be gross. So I would have the beans on the side. So I would have beans by toast because I would have the beans and then I would have my toast cut into triangles around the beans. Then I can scoop the beans onto the toast just before I put it in my mouth. That bread is not going soggy. Then there was somebody who has the square of toast and then the other piece of toast is cut into triangles. So that's different shapes. Then somebody was saying that they fried their beans in or they cooked their beans in bacon fat. What? I've never heard of that before in my life. The baked beans were cooked in bacon fat. That sounds, I don't know whether that sounds brilliant or a little bit gross. Maybe I'll try it. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Yeah, but that was another way. Then there was somebody who always had cheese mixed in with their beans. I mean, I do like cheese on my beans on toast. That is the way forward. But as a general rule, to have it always mixed in with your beans, that's a different variation. And then I went to Instagram And I was like, how do you have your beans on toast? Right, here were the responses. Let me just get my phone up. Right, someone said, I don't. Ew, how can you not? How can you not like beans on toast? Oh, I love beans on toast. So that person, you're just not normal, soz. And then somebody said, I have mine like a normal person. Toast, Marge, beans all over every single inch of the toast. No, we're back to the soggy bread bit, aren't we? We're back to the soggy bread. Also, Marge or butter? I'm a butter girl. Marge wouldn't cut it for me. And then somebody else said, a small amount of beans in the middle of two cut buttered slices of toast, grated cheese on top. Yep, I'm with you. How's that going to work? Small amount of beans in the middle of two cut buttered slices of toast. Yeah, sounds like beans 
in between toast to me. Somebody else said always with cheese. The cheese was a winner. I tell you, the cheese had a lot of votes. Somebody then said bread. I like mine golden. Butter beans that covers the corners and a sprinkling of mature cheddar. Now that's precise, isn't it? That's precision beans on toast. (laughs) Somebody said, I put beans on some... (laughs) I put beans on some toast. (laughs) I love that response so much. I put... It's almost like they're going, Terry, just put the beans on the toast. And here, here, this is, this is probably my favourite response. This is some fancy beans on toast. You ready? Sourdough toast, beans mixed with Worcester sauce and barbecue sauce and cheese sprinkles. What? I mean, that's fancy. Do you have that every time you have beans on toast? I mean, that sounds amazing. That sounds brilliant. But wow, that's some fancy beans on toast. So isn't it crazy? Isn't it crazy how we all have different beans on toast? I mean, feel free to message in. Feel free to tell me if you've got a different variation on these beans on toast because I'm all ears. But wow, there's some stuff to be trying here. I don't know how I feel about putting sauce in beans on toast. I don't know. I don't know. Also, also, here's another thing. This sparked some conversation too. How do you cook the beans? I'm all about cooking the beans in a pan. Cook them, cook them, cook them. Make them hot, boil them if you have to. And then they go a really nice kind of thick, stodgy. I'm not about runny bean juice. Whereas other people are, oh no, I can't have them in a pan. No, they have to be in the microwave. They have to be done in the microwave and the juice has to be runny. How have we all got such different ways of eating beans on toast? It's mad, isn't it? That's the beauty of the human race, though. Look, we all like different things. Wouldn't life be boring if we all like the same things? So I am all ears. I am open to suggestions for next week's great food debate. I've got some ideas, but feel free to send some suggestions. If you've got something that you think you do with food that nobody else does, let me know. I'll put it out on social media and we'll get some responses and we will debate it. So yeah, you let me know. You let me know if you've got something that you think, yeah, I've got this meal nailed or I've got this food nailed and we'll see. I think this is going to be such a good feature. Right. I think I'm done. I think I'm done. I've got to do the food shopping. I don't like food shopping. I really, really hate supermarket shopping. I mean, I I love having full cupboards. I hate having empty cupboards. I love a food delivery. That's my thing. I really like a food delivery and I really hate going to the supermarket, but I have to do that today. Wish me luck. Wish me luck. It's blooming painful. I can't bear. You go around the supermarket, you put the food in your trolley and then you get to the checkout, you take the food out of your trolley and you put it on the conveyor belt. And then when it goes through the till, it comes to you and you put it back in your trolley. Then you get to the car and you take it all out of the trolley and you put it in the car. And then when you get home, you take it all out of the car and you put it in the kitchen. And then you spend time trying to get 
put it in the cupboards. You know, there's always a bit of sorting out to do, isn't there? There's always something that's buried at the back of the fridge or whatever that you've got to get rid of before you can put the food away. Oh, I know that was a bit of a rant, but that's how I feel about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. I definitely am going now. I have a little favour to ask. Could you, if you're enjoying this podcast so far in its very early days, then please will you give it a little share on social media? I would really love it if you could just spread the word and help my little podcast to grow. I really pride myself on being able to put out content that is really suitable for all ages. And it would be great if people would start to listen to this when they've got their kids, their teens, their partners, whoever around them to help spread the message and to help people have a more healthy relationship with food. I know especially the teenage years can be fraught with negative body thoughts, negative body image, confusion around food and eating habits. And it would be great if we can get to a point in this world where we quash eating problems before people even leave school so that they don't leave school and end up falling into diet clubs so that they don't end up being taken to diet clubs by their parents when they're young that sort of thing so it would be great it would be great to have some new listeners it would be great to have some listeners of all ages this is always going to be a safe space there's never going to be any nasty language or anything so yeah let's spread the word so yeah if you wouldn't mind sharing I'd be very 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 grateful of that Thank you. I'll be putting a post out each weekend once the podcast goes live to prompt you to have a little listen if you don't get notifications on the app that you're using. And then you can give that a share. That would be lovely. Thank you. Anyway, I am disappearing. Stuff to do. Stuff to do. I hope you have a really wonderful week ahead. I hope you are full of confidence and really enjoy the food that you're going to have this week. Put that focus into practice and let me know how you get on. I'd be really pleased to hear from you. Right, have a great week and I'll speak to you soon. 